Under the Influence Podcast is all about bringing together brands, influencers, thought leaders, and communities to inspire and empower a positive impact. Each week, I will dive into the power of influence over the ever-changing, trend-chasing, and slightly obsessed entrepreneurial and influencer community. We talk insider tips, tricks, the latest buzz, and even our top not-so-secret happy hour cocktails. My name is Whitney Eckes. I'm the owner and founder of Eckes Marketing and the Influence Movement, and we are about to get under the influence. I'm so happy to be back. I am so happy that we got to hang out again. I'm so happy. (laughs) I'm so happy I'm here this time because last time I had to leave early on a flight and you guys did it without me. Yeah. Part two, take two with all three of us. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we were both hungover. (laughs) Oh my God, yeah. And me and Bailey were just like sitting there like trying to get through the podcast episode. (laughs) So this is like a blessing in disguise. I'm ready. It's also my first day in LA and I told you guys every like San Diegans like gets super excited to go to LA and it's like your first initial 15 hours that you're like oh this is so much fun and then afterward you're like this sucks <laughs> I don't want to go Friday, so you're probably yeah. just like weekend um but for those who don't know can you tell our friendships who you are what you do where you grew up all that good stuff oh man so I'm a San Diego native there's not a lot of us but I grew up born and raised San Diego. Basically who I am is I'm just like a marketer, love social media, kind of social media guru, love it, study it, live and breathe it. I own Ekis Marketing and then I also founded the Influence Movement. I have my own podcast called Under the Influence. We've chatted about that. I love that name so much. Oh, it's so perfect for me as I hold my (laughs) glass of wine. Anyway, and so yeah, basically I've just kind of created a name for myself within the social media industry, within the influencer industry and just really getting to know the space. I started way back when Red Bull Gave, like literally looked at us and they're like can you start posting stuff on your Instagram and I was like I don't really even know what Instagram <laughs> is yet but yeah sure so I've just kind of been in that space for like I think seven years and just doing the damn thing having fun meeting cool people like you guys and mm-hmm. yeah yeah you're definitely continuously learning if you've been in it for that long too because it's oh, always yeah. evolving and changing and you have to just like keep up it is a constant <laughs> like evolution. Like we even had, there's this company, I won't name names, but there's this company where one of my girls went to for help with like just growth strategy and things like that. And I'm kind of overseeing her and she's like, yeah, like basically they lost like 27 accounts in one day from like managing social media because the algorithm changed and what they were doing was like against like Instagram terms and conditions. Oh. And so they put my account like on a block Whoa. and I couldn't follow people for like five days. Meanwhile, this is during her podcast launch. Yeah. So it's an industry where it's like, hmm, this is this is fun. Like, yeah. what's today going to bring? <laughs> well, that's actually a good question because what does a day in the life look like for you? Like when you wake up, what, like take us through your day? Dude, Start oh to gosh. finish. I wish I could say I was like one of those people where I'm like, I'm up at 5 a.m. doing my morning pages and burning Palo Santo, but... <laughs> God, I'm not. <laughs> Me either, don't worry. <laughs> no, I think like a day a day in the life pretty much looks like I do wake up. I do um I'm a big like manifester. Like I'm a very big person, actually me and my CFO is also doubles as my best friend. Her name's Molly Odell. And I, me and her are like very big people where it's like, we're very vision driven. We're very like, if you speak it into existence, it's going to happen. And if you believe it, your mind is eventually going to meet you halfway and like everything else is going to meet you halfway. So I wake up in the morning. I pretty much have like a list of like 10 things that I want in my life. And I sit there, I kind of meditate on them, do my thing make a cup of coffee, fill it with a shit ton of adaptogens and then go down, get ready for my day and go to the office. Um, when I'm in the office, I'm pretty much in my little cave and my team's like kind of running around like mad men. And we're just doing a bunch of cool things as far as content creation or working with awesome clients. There's usually an event somewhere in the midst of the day. I come home, see my dogs, have a glass of wine and then call it a day. That's, that's pretty much it. What kind of dogs do you have? 
I have a golden retriever and a Frenchie. Oh, the two, <laughs> like the two best. Yeah. I mean, a Boston Terrier is like my thing, but like a Frenchie and a Boston Terrier just kind of group into the same thing. Yeah. Is that, that's what your dog is, yeah. right? It's Everybody like thinks she's a Frenchie though, because she's the color she is. French, yeah. or sorry um yeah boston terriers are usually black mm-hmm. and she's like the co- she's like a fawn color yeah. so people are always like oh she a frenchie i'm like no but she has kind of the face of a frenchie yeah it, so i can she see does. why people think but that she's super cute kind of like girl keeper <laughs> yeah she's see, like I, i'm such a dog person though we saw frenchie walking over here and i was just like can i pay your dog <laughs> the guy's, and the guy's sure. like okay <laughs> i feel like when you have dogs you're just like naturally that human it's like when people have kids they're like can i see her <laughs> And you're like, yeah, sure, it's fine. <laughs> but yeah, I love them. They're two boys and then my boyfriend. So it's, I'm surrounded with men right now. And I'm like, oh, it's fine. <laughs> I used to have a cat named Luna and she was like the most Aww. badass bitch. And then she ran off. Like, Aww. I don't want to say something happened to her. I think she just left me because she was like, She's an independent I'm done woman. with you. Yeah. <laughs> Luna's off being an independent woman. I think she thought there's too many boys in the house. I think that <laughs> I honestly like don't feel like she left me. Like I really do spiritually feel like she was like, I'm I'm leaving. <laughs> <laughs> I love the outlook. Um, is there anything that you have to do every single day, no matter how chaotic your life gets? Like something that just keeps you grounded and sane? Um, yeah. I mean, I would have to say probably the manifesting. I think being in the industry that we're in, we're constantly it's like information overload, it's like comparison attitude, it's you constantly are seeing people living their best lives or you're seeing companies doing so so well that it's almost like we're constantly exposed to this um almost like perfectionism. So I think the best thing that I do every single day is I literally have to sit down and remember the things that I want and have to constantly turn my own blinders on. And then for me, I think I'm, I love learning about what other people do. I'm constantly like, oh man, I want to do that. Or, oh, like I'm an opportunist. So I have to physically sit down and just think about, okay, you know what, like Whitney, like what are what is your agency doing? Like, what are you doing? Like, what are the things that you want at the end of the day? And I I really, honestly, it's almost like a behavior now because I've struggled so much with looking at what everyone else is doing that I have to sit down and practice like manifesting every morning and visualization every morning. It really is a practice. Like how you just said, you have to practice it. It's something you're not going to wake up and just be able to like close yourself off to that kind of mindset. So yeah, no, it, it's hard, especially when you work in the industry. It's hard. Yeah. Well, even like in business, I noticed that I was like, I don't even know if I was calling like call it resentment, but there was something where I was like getting down on myself and like even people I was like collaborating with, like people in San Diego, girls that weren't even in my field, like let's just say like influencers or bloggers or small business owners or whatever it is. Like I was like, whenever they'd have a success, I'd notice like I'd either like kind of like beat myself up or there was a negative negative connotation there. And I was like, what the fuck? Like stop. Like that is not your gig. Like you have no reason for this jealousy or this comparison mindset or anything to be setting in right now. Like get yourself in check. Like, what are you doing? Look at all the big, beautiful things that you're doing and working on right now. Like you can't even put yourself in that realm. So that was like a huge learning process this last year. And I think too, I mean, anyone feels that when they're starting their own business, Mm -hmm. you know, and you see others succeed. hundred percent. I think honestly, it's so normal to still even have that feeling every now and then as you grow. Um, how do you stay creative though? Like being so busy and being so in the zone all the time. Like, how do you kind of keep those creative juices flowing? I feel like I'm going to say this and I'm probably going to get some backlash, but by giving yourself to not work, like giving yourself a chance to not work, I think being super strapped, actually, let me back up. I feel like there's this like mentality where they're like hustle, 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 like every fucking day, like you should be thinking about making money. And it's like, that's so not true. And when I kind of went through a phase two with my company and I'm very open about this, but I kind of gutted my entire company. Like we let go of clients, we let go of team members. Like I was like, this is not the reputation I'm wanting, wanting to build or the energy I'm wanting to have. So like we need to clean it out. And that's when Molly actually stepped in too. Um, But at that point, like, I just remember being like, if I work hard enough, if I pound the pavement hard enough, it's going to happen. And I think when you talk about creativity and being in the creative space and either managing social media or constantly, you know, having clients ask you to do photo shoots or working with influencers, like there is a burnout. There is times where you're like, 
dude, I don't know. Like, I'm like, I'm like, I remember even looking at Canva one day and being like, this looks like shit. And I love graphic design. <laughs> so I think there's like a point where like, you have to give yourself some time to, you have really to recharge, recharge, not work as hard, you know, come up with a game plan where you're still able to have that creativity and still that success. And I think that's too, where you give yourself enough brain power to start being creative again and start letting those juices flow because if you're constantly tense it's not it's kind of like a gas tank like if you're constantly driving on empty you're gonna have to stop and like you can't go as far whereas if you fill up your tank and like take that time to actually just like fill it up you're gonna get so much further right like you're limited yeah so how do you unwind then like oh my god (laughs) i was gonna say like same a bath yeah um I think I grew up in a family where we're like very big on like working hard and playing harder. That's been like our family motto since like day one. Um, And I think too, me and my boyfriend are super good about that. Like we were even talking the other day. He was like, he's like, our friends just like, we, he's like, we have friends like that do a lot of the same things. He's like, but me and you like really go out and like experience like the weekend. Like we'll go to the beach or we'll go like travel or we'll try to go do something where it's like almost puts you out of your entire like normal element. Um, And I'm a fan of like unwinding too and like spending a weekend at home. But I think if anything, like for me, it's getting away from my phone and doing something that I love. Like I love to go to the desert, like a total little like bro at heart. Like (laughs) I love all that stuff. So if I get out and like to the point where it's like Instagram doesn't matter, social media marketing doesn't matter. Like I'm kind of in my element. That's the best thing for me. I love love doing stuff like that. too. What does your boyfriend do? Um, he's a yacht captain. (laughs) He's like, I don't even know if I can like call him that. He's like, he works on a yacht. (laughs) (laughs) We'll call him a yacht captain. He's a captain. He has like his licensing and everything. Like he actually, when we, it's, it's a pretty new relationship, but when we first started, so I've known him since college. And then we've been like, we were honestly like best friends, like all throughout college and just stayed really, really close in contact. And, I feel like we've always had a thing for each other. I think he'd probably say the same thing. Um, but he was like down in Cabo and I was like, well, I'm going to Cabo for my birthday. And he's like, oh, like I'll pick you up and like, let's hang out. And he took us on the boat and it was great. And then it's just been nice. Cause I've, I'm a super independent person. So like, he'll be gone and do his Mexico thing. And I'm like, okay, perfect. What what I, say I need, I'm like, I, I need a part-time boyfriend. You need a yacht. It's nice. I, I need a yacht, captain. a yacht captain. <laughs> Do yeah. you have any friends? I know. <laughs> we'll just have to go down to Mexico. Boyfriend. I'm just asking for baby. <laughs> Jackie's like, I just want to go on a yacht. Hundred percent. It's great. Yeah, like, I bet. I'm like, babe. Like, I couldn't get it much better at this point. I'm <laughs> no very kidding. happy. Um, okay, I want to talk about digital marketing with you a bit. So, how did you get into the space? Mm, I don't think it was like a choice. Like, I kind of joke around, like. When I was in college, I used to call it marketing, but I think what I really wanted to do was PR because I love the events. I love just making relationships with people, handing them opportunities, having them hand me opportunities back. And I feel like that's still my nature. Um, And digital marketing, you know, like before kind of the movement of Instagram and influencers, digital marketing was dry. It was numbers. It was like no one wanted to touch that shit. Um, So I got back into it. I think my first taste honestly was when I was in hospitality and I was running like travel ads. We were doing, um, I basically brought 15 properties from our hospitality group into the digital space. And when I say that, I mean like Instagram, Facebook influencers, all that fun stuff. So that was kind of like my real first taste. And I was like, you know what? I was like, I'm good at this and I'm a good modern communicator. I know how things work on Instagram. I know if I put something in someone else's hands and they know how to communicate to their audience it's gonna be successful it's not necessarily about who's the best facebook analyst and who can put the most money into a facebook ad and hope that it runs successfully i mean that's not nowadays i mean that used to work drop shipping still works like there's still things that work like that but like it nowadays like when you see these amazing brands that are doing i mean i always like mention like Mad Men, like they're killing it And, you know, it's not just the fact that they're putting a bunch of money into digital marketing. It's the fact that they're like executing a full length campaign from real people to digital marketing, to spending those money, spending those dollars in Instagram and Facebook and 
you know, display ads, voice marketing ads, all those types of things. So it's like, I don't know, it's a full length execution that makes things successful. No, for sure. It, th there is so much that goes on in the digital marketing world that people don't even think about. And like, honestly, I'm still learning because it's always evolving and growing. And like, yeah, it's just, it's, it's a, a beast. It is a beast. <laughs> but you know what, you know what's nice about it is that it's not as complex as like people make it out to be. It's like, there's so many brands where, you know, nowadays you don't have to spend $150,000 a year on a marketing budget. No, not at all. You know, and there's, I mean, we referenced Chelsea King. I mean, now Chelsea King's big in San Diego. Like people like ask me about her all the time and things like that. And that's because you guys knew who to like, what hands to put it into and how to make it a big success. Same thing. We just signed a alkalized water company. We put it in a few influencer, micro, micro San Diego influencers hands. And now this guy can't stop getting, you know, offers and opportunities. And we're like, okay, well this works. This is yeah. great. So I mean, it's just being strategic and not just like throwing shit at a wall and seeing what sticks. hundred <laughs> percent. I love that. <laughs> it's true. It is true. Like we were even, we had a influencer focus group yesterday at Echo's Marketing. And one of the things that kept coming up was how brands blanket the market. Like, I mean, I'm not, I don't want to throw shade at like four card or Coley. And in fact, I don't even think four card really does this, but like there's these agencies now where they just bring them in. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what your stats are. It doesn't matter who your audience is. It doesn't even matter where your top cities are. And they just give you, you know, free product and do whatever. And it's like, they're spending, okay. Yeah. They're spending less than what they traditionally would spend, but still like, what is that doing for your needle? Like that's not moving anything. No, not at all. It's they're just doing it to do it because it's what you should, I'm using air quotes guys should be doing, or you see other brands doing, and you're just trying to like get it out there and pump it out faster rather than if you actually sit back and think like, what's going to work for my brand. Mm -hmm and you do maybe like a quarter of the product gifting but put it in the right hands it's gonna move and surpass yeah all what those people that you're just throwing it at could do no 100 so, so i kind of want to go back to like maybe when you realized you wanted to have your own agency and like what that moment was oh. like for you <laughs> so it was like a happy accident um i i never set out and was like I want to own an agency actually. So my family, we've had a family business for over like 74 years and growing up, my dad was like, always work for somebody. He's like, never own your own business. God, <laughs> like, don't do it. And I, I feel like that's so, um, against the norm. yeah, like against the yeah. norm. Like they mm -hmm. usually, like, you're going to be an entrepreneur. You're going to or work for the family business. But yeah. well, so my dad like was like very like, um, he was very like, Babe, like, I just want you to have whatever you want. Like, I don't want you to work a day in your life. Like, you go work for somebody, get a 401k, get those benefits, like, be happy, like, marry a good guy with the same thing, like, live your damn life. And I think it's because he was an entrepreneur of you 12 stores. Yeah. Yeah. So he was constantly like, I have no hair left to pull out. <laughs> like, I don't want that for my kid. And growing up, I was like, I want a business. And he's like, shit, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> are you kidding? He's like, no, yeah. no, you don't listen to what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, he's, I shouldn't say that he's super entrepreneurial. And like when I told him anyway, long story short, we'll back up. I was in hospitality. Absolutely hated it. I felt like I was part of like this like boys club. I remember I'd worked for them for a year and I was still sitting at this like weird ass conference table in the middle of the office. I didn't even have my own like office yet and I was the only female that wasn't an accountant that was in this company so I was like just like whatever like this kind of sucks but like I'm getting through I'm doing cool shit and my dad actually got sick and when he got sick he's like um you know like I think you want I want you to start stepping in the family business like come help me out I was like okay cool whatever but I was still going to freelance social media like I'm good at it I think I make some side money so I left and I guess marketing when I worked at this um, hospitality group, I was IC'd. So I had to come up with my own like DBA. Instead of doing a DBA, I did an LLC. And for those of you that don't know. Me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So in DBA is doing business as, it's basically a fictitious name. And it's, uh, I don't know how to say this. And like, I, I'm probably going to butcher it, but essentially it doesn't cover shit for you. 
There's no, there's nothing that protects your ass. So when they asked me to become an IC, I was like, well, I've always wanted a company. I'll just create an LLC. And regardless, I can put some money into it. Whatever I end up doing, I'll have it forever. So I created Ecus Marketing because that was the easiest way to invoice out to this hospitality group and then to all the properties because, oh, it's Whitney Ecus. This is what she's doing. Don't even worry about it. They see it when they get their bill at the month, at the end of the month and they were happy. And I, I joke with people and I always say, like, don't ever put your last name on your business because it's <laughs> fucking awful and difficult. But um, anyway, so I was I already had this LLC and I was like, dad, like, I'm a freelance. He's like, cool, great. Come over. Like, let's go quit my job. Um, I signed like I don't even know. I signed almost 12 to 15 clients right off the bat. And half of those clients were actually from the hospitality group that I left. It's amazing. It was cool. I was like, oh, this is like a nice and like confirmation like, that you're on the right path. It was nice. Um, it was hard and I made so many mistakes. Like I had no idea what to charge. I think I was charging at one point I was charging someone full time social media management, like $250. <laughs> Like it was not, it was not good. Oh yeah. Oh my goodness. Like I was. They're like, yeah, hundred percent. And I mean, I was like, I'm like working out of my home. I had just hired an, dude, I, I mean like whatever we could talk mistakes all day. Um, but then, you know, I, and I kind of went back and forth on launching an agency. I kind of was like, do I want this? Or, you know, I could bring, be bringing in this, you know, at the time 20 grand and that could just be my paycheck every month. You know, do I want to hire a team or do I just hustle my ass off and make that money and have no overhead, have no payroll, have no nothing. And, um, there was just something in me that was like, I guess too, I've always had this, like, I've always wanted to be in Forbes. Like that's my fucking gig for some reason. Don't ask me why. Don't know where it comes uh, no, from. I totally understand. I understand. <laughs> and, I just was like, you know, like I want to be, you know, Jacqueline Johnson. I want to be Sophia Amoruso. I want to be those girls that I've read about that inspire me. And I'm not, I'm, I don't think I'm going to get there by being small and taking this small. So I was like, oh, I'm going to go for it. And it was messy and it was a total bootstrapped agency. And then this last year, um, when I gutted everything, we were super low. Um, I had my dad and my best friend sit me down and say, uh, we're going to give you three months to make this thing either work or we're going to liquidate it. And I said, okay. And, um, we made it work. We changed everything. We got rid of old clients. We got rid of team members. We got rid of we basically started from scratch and hired people that were experienced and brought in people that actually wanted to work with us and actually had a heart for Ecus Marketing. And it's been golden ever since. I also hired an insane mentor that has grown an agency herself. So, you know, it was it was kind of one of those things where it's like it was so hard to look at like everything that was happening. And again, I've never had any experience running a business or let alone an agency. No, so sure. yeah but you're doing that we're doing it we're so, doing it girl from that transition like um of gutting Ecus marketing what was the biggest takeaway from that whole experience oh so many i cried like every day i think i i literally was so depressed i was like i'm a failure like i'm everything like it was awful um i think the biggest takeaway was that I, I had to learn how to really value myself. And we talk about pricing and actually I was just on a panel for this because they were like, well, how do you price yourself Whitney? And I was like, I'm the worst person to ask. Cause I was so bad at it. Um, but there's a point where like you, me and you look at our work, right? Maybe we don't give ourselves that much esteem in what we're doing because it comes either so easily or because we don't even know if we're that great at it. It so, is hard to value yourself in your work. 100%. So you kind of sit down and like you don't really realize that what you're doing is actually making an impact on someone else's company. It's actually bringing them in more money. And I think I went through such a phase of kind of being like, I'm just Whitney. I'm just like, I'm just doing social media. I'm just doing marketing. Like I'm not a big player. Like when it comes to like everybody else that you know, I really wasn't charging my freaking worth. I wasn't charging my company's worth. And also too, I don't think that like looking back, like I've always loved like my company and my team and everything like that. But I also wasn't hiring the right way. I wasn't hiring people 
that I thought were going to bring value into my company. Now I sit down with everybody and I ask them to work 90 days before I hire them. And that's because it's like, and that's such a weird thing. And like, I've even had girls write me and they're like, that's unfair. And I'm like, great, that's unfair. You go, go to another agency that's going to honor you the day that you start. I was like, I cannot. I want to see that you're literally bleeding marble. You love Eggis marketing. You're here for the long run. Like we are a startup. Have some fucking grit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like I've had to. And I'm not going to bring anyone into my house that literally does not share that same vision. And if, yeah, don't. Yeah. I, I started with Bailey. Yeah. You're an like intern. That. So I just understood, like, I understood that's what came with that. Yeah. And it's hard. And I think too, you know, that was it. I mean, again, if it weren't for Molly or it weren't for my dad or weren't for Sarah, like, I would be in this probably in the same place that I was, but I really had to be like, okay, look, I'm valuable of this. I'm also going to add a bunch of money onto it because I'm going to make a profit because my team deserves to be fed at the end of the day. And then I also want to scale this company. I want to bring in bigger clients. So I'm going to use these clients right now as an example, and then double charge the next people that come in. And that's how you scale a company. So I had to get in that mentality of just being like, I'm going to grow this. If you love us, great. You're on board. Come welcome. If you're not, you're not. And I think that was the biggest takeaway of just, I, I don't know, not being emotional about it and just getting shit done. Um, so aside from, I mean, you've learned so much, like what do you find are some of the biggest mistakes in the digital space that brands are making right now? Oh, um, so many. I know. <laughs> Give us like the top three, like get specific. Yeah. So brands in the digital space. Are we talking like, are we talking like personal brands? Or are we talking like corporation brands? Um, I think a lot of the people that listen to us are more like small businesses or um, more like a personal brand. So I would, I would say on that side. Okay. Um, I'm going to have to say growth hacking. Don't do 100%. it. <laughs> like I'm all about a targeter, but I also work on the brand side of things. And I know how hard it is that your engagement on a brand side is also a lot different, like more difficult than a personal brand. If you're a personal brand and you're looking to grow, I, I learned this the hard way again, but get out there and shake some hands, do some collaborations. Don't be afraid to work with people that are a competitor or some doing something similar to you. Um, I think the biggest thing that I've also learned is that a competitor could be your best asset if you're friends with them. Absolutely. Honestly, yeah. networking is, I think, the most overlooked tool that is free and will continue to like bring value to not just a company, but your life. Like yeah. it, I'm so huge on connecting people and like passing on those connections. And I, I can't say enough about it. Oh, a hundred percent. I, you know, like I, we actually joke around cause people are like, aren't you a PR agency? Because, but and you like work with like Crow and Coven, be social. And we're like, no dude, like those are our like friends. Like we come to them and we ask them for things and vice versa. And they help us out. And, you know, like, and honestly, there's been more clients brought to me by those said competitors, even though again, we're not a PR agency, but people that are considered a competitor have brought me more clients than actual people that are not or in a different industry. So yeah, hell yeah. Um, and then what are some other, aside from growth hacking, what are some other kind okay, of Okay. As mistakes? a brand, um, like for influencers or like just anything that you see in the digital space that you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say, I would say not giving things enough time to grow organically. And I think too, that was also something that I even saw a mistake in with myself is, you know, you're either taking on too much because you feel like you need to continue growing or you're launching something very, very big and you're not getting enough time to really get traction. Um, and what I mean like that is, you know, these things take time right now. Everyone thinks that everyone's an overnight success, but when you sit down and talk with that person, that's an overnight success. It took them 15 years. So give yourself some time, do things the right way. Don't rush into things. I mean, looking back at it, I wish I would have hired a, I wish a graphic designer would have been my first hire. I say that all the time. If I would have had a graphic designer, I think I would have probably landed more accounts. I think my own graphics would have been a lot better. I think I would have had a lot more insight into the creativity field. Um, 
but I wasn't in that mode. I was in this like money making like crazy mode. So anyway, I think let things take time. Um, also get a coach, ask for help, have a mentor. It is so incredibly difficult running a business and trying to do it for the first time. And I had my dad that's an entrepreneur and I mean, I've had brought him in multiple times to look at our P&Ls and look at, at my agency from the inside. And he has no idea what he's looking at. And my dad's like <laughs> a brilliant man. But it wasn't until literally I had Sarah and Molly come in and Molly teach me how to do sales and run a team. And Sarah come in and teach me how to pitch myself to higher brands and what to price myself out as. I wouldn't have been able to do without him. Does your dad come in and pretend that he knows what he's doing? My dad one time, <laughs> I'll never forget this. I love my dad. He came in and I was like on the phone. I'll never forget this. It was like this most psycho day of like hell. It was the worst. There was like 27 people in the office. I was like running around. I had missed like three meetings. I was running late. I, I'm, ba- I'm terrible at scheduling and I had missed like everything. And I walk into my office. My dad is sitting in my office chair behind my desk, just like staring at me. And he's like, do you want to go to lunch? And I was like, no, no. Like, what the fuck? No, like (laughs) I'm working. And I was like, okay, like, let's go to lunch. And we like sat down and he calmed me down. It was great. And it was good. Sometimes like those things too, where it's like unexpected and just to ground yourself a bit. Yeah. And it's like, I'm going to put off all this chaos that's yeah. happening and just go hang out with my dad it kind of yeah. gives you a fresh perspective too when you come back yeah you know i think i was a lot more calm yeah also <laughs> a girl and her dad come on what gets yeah better? for lunch free lunch <laughs> yeah free yeah. lunch <laughs> exactly um so what are some top uh top tips and tricks for social media growing your platform mm. okay i'm gonna i'm gonna step out here i'm gonna say uh cool one of the best like things that I've seen is honestly, I don't want to say be authentic because that's way overused, but being authentic in the way that you network with people. Um, you know, there's so many different engagement strategies as far as commenting on people's stuff, liking people's stuff, teaming up, collaborating with people. I think you need to be very authentic in how you do that. I think if you're going to be commenting on people's stuff, comment on the girls that actually align with your brand comment on the businesses that you actually really love and don't just comment cute comment something personal 100 percent. like i or think sassy I, yeah <laughs> i think i said oh fuck the other day and i was like i don't know like i'm sorry but like a good oh fuck. yeah yeah exactly like but you know like be be authentic because i've also noticed too that like the more you know, we've done it for clients and like each client has their own brand voice. And I've even noticed that is it is if if we're talking in that brand voice, people get excited and they're like, oh, Alkalate just commented on our stuff and like they're sassy AF or like Bayside from San Diego or like whatever it is like, you know, and even on mine, on Instagram, if I'm like cute, hard eyes, people are like, what? Yeah. <laughs> or if I'm like, oh my God, I fucking love this. Like, great job. They're like, yes. <laughs> because it's interactive yeah rather than just like robotic to just be exactly hot you know yeah no and i like get it i mean i know you're everyone's trying to meet like a criteria i guess the other thing too is that social media the biggest thing i learned is like the more you put in the more you get out and that's a very scary thing but it's also very true so one of the things that i tell all my clients and even personal brands is you know what set some kpis for yourself set some goals, some marketing goals, you know, Hey, look, I'm going to post X amount of posts in this quarter. I'm going to do two giveaways. I'm going to spend this amount of hours a day on my Instagram and on my Facebook or Pinterest or whatever it is and stick to it. Because if you have a schedule, it's like, you're going to work every day. It doesn't become an unhealthy habit. You, you know, in the back of your head, you're going to do it the next day. So you can shut off and be okay and not have anxiety about shutting off. Um, but set a schedule, set some KPIs. We talked with some influencers the other day and I was like, what's your marketing budget? What's your marketing goals? I don't know. I have to go from brand deal to brand deal every month. I'm sorry. What? How do you grow from that? That is just like, that's literally just being a reactionary tactic. A lot of people are reactionary though. And being proactive is such a game changer. Like you have to be intentional. You have to really like, and it can be hard, especially if it's a personal brand because it, it requires a lot more discipline. Yeah. I think, um, especially if it's just you, uh, cause you are really the only one holding yourself accountable, but you have to a hundred percent. And I mean, I just, you know, 
Lauren Everett's is a great example, right? Like she kind of is so great at putting into perspective, you know, she started with this blog and she treats it like, I mean, it is a business. I shouldn't say she treats it like a business. It is a business, but not a lot of girls have that mentality. And I think too, like going back to the kind of treating yourself and honoring yourself and showing yourself that you're worth it, like treat this like a business. Like I'm pulling P&Ls for my agency, pull P&Ls for your brand deals, dude. Like how much are you spending? How much are you making? You know, how many, totally. I, yeah. Like we talked with a girl and she was like, I have a calculation for how many miles it takes me to go out there. How many hours it takes me to edit a photo, how many hours it takes me to actually write a caption. And I actually have a price point based on my hours and what I think I'm worth. And that's what I charge brands. That's the fucking way to do it. Yeah, it's an hourly rate. Like if you break it down, you shouldn't be making $5 an hour when you're yes. creating revenue for a company. Like 100%. Doesn't make sense. Um, I'm so curious though, like where do you see the future of the digital space going? Like what do you think is going to be, I mean, I don't think Instagram's going anywhere, but what do you think is going to be the future and where people are going to be spending their time and engagement? <sighs> Instagram. <laughs> um... I, you know, I, I think we're in a really like interesting spot because like now we've grown up with Facebook and Instagram and like, yeah, MySpace was like a moment, but compared to what Instagram and Facebook are now, it's definitely not. Um, I think they're going to be around for a very long time. However, I do think that there's going to be new people coming into the space. I, I'm a very big person of like progress and I don't think you can stop progression, um, so I'm excited to see who comes onto the field. I know like, what was that one? Like Vero that like came oh, out yeah, for, for like, a hot minute, for like literally a hot minute. And it was like, not okay. It was what some, was it? Vero. It was, I don't even know. I, I did RL, right? Something like that. Yeah. Sounds familiar. It was like, yeah, but they had some like political, illegal agenda or yeah, something. Yeah, it was weird. So interesting. Um, but I'm ready. Like, I'm ready for somebody else to hit the playing field with something new and interesting. Um, I think Instagram is an amazing, amazing company. I think that they're losing a mass amount of money in exchange between brands and influencers. And that's why we're seeing a lot of manhandling on Instagram. Um, so I think that will change. I think things like YouTube and Pinterest are still major traffic drivers and they haven't had their moment yet. I really don't think they've had their moment yet. So I'm excited for these companies that are already kind of giants to really kind of start tweaking and start progressing. And then also for new competitors to kind of hit the field. Love it. What would be like your dream to see kind of come into the space? Like what if something missing, like if you could create something, what would it be? Like, I'm just so curious. Oh, I think there's, or like if you could give Instagram a feature, like what would it oh, be? Oh gosh, so many, I think. Okay. So I was like a, like when I was in college, even like high school, like I loved Reddit. Like I still love Reddit. Um, and I love, I think I, what I love most about Reddit is the fact that when you go on to Reddit, you feel like you're already involved in the community. On Instagram, you don't feel that way. On Instagram, you feel very individualized. You feel like you're trying to make a splash in a, like in the ocean. And so um, I think if anything, I want to see, number one, I, I want to see something out of Instagram where we get back to basics. And I, you know, for a lot of people, that means taking away the likes and commenting feature. And I know that's a huge thing. And like, that even scares me. Like, that's my validation. Like, at the end of the day, we all feel a little good when we get some likes and comments and get told we're hot and cute and all that fun stuff. But, you know, that would be a huge game changer. And that would bring it back down to kind of ground zero. So I think I'm excited to see things like that, where it's disrupting the market and, it's just bringing something else to the table. And, you know, like, I wish I could be like, oh, I, I know this exact social media that I wish that I wish could hit the market. But I, I don't know. Totally fair. Yeah. What do you do? You like the algorithm or do you wish it would go back to chronological? Mm, I go back and forth. So do I. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's yeah. There's like times there, where it's like pros and cons. Like you just. Yeah. Because, you know, I also I, I mean, I can't I can't dismiss that like. It makes sense when like I take a hiatus for my weekend and I don't spend four days on Instagram that I'm, I'm dropping in profile views. Yeah. Okay. That's normal. It's the same thing with a blogger on Google analytics, right? Um, does it suck? And am I going to complain about it? Yeah. <laughs> but 
I also don't know if it makes sense for new brands that are launching. You know, it's almost like we see these new brands and like things like targeters and buying likes and social supplementing and things like that makes sense because it's so hard to launch a brand. I mean, there's a, there's this restaurant group and they absolutely kill it in San Diego. And I think they have like over like a couple million in their email list. So every time they open up a new restaurant, they shout it out and their Instagram gets to 10 K in like two days. Wow. So it's like, that's amazing. That's killing it. However, I look at amazing small businesses that we, you know, we work with and I'm like, dude, like you're going to have to grow. You're gonna have to spend some time actually growing and it kind of sucks. Yeah. Patience. Are you guys not used to the algorithm change yet? No, I am. I just, it's always been a conversation topic. It's just if people want it to, (laughs) if people want it to go back to chronological or. I think when like, I think the hardest thing and you guys, I'm sure can understand it, but when a brand comes to you and someone that doesn't study maybe Instagram or Facebook as much as we do, they don't understand why they're not growing 200, 500 followers a month, or maybe they're not growing. I don't know. You know, they don't understand why. And so when you say, well, there's an algorithm and da, 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 it's like, it's, it's over their head. It, it is. It's, it's hard to explain. Cause they're just like, well, I want the followers. Like that's what I hired you for. hundred percent. And you're like, there's so much more value than getting those yeah. numbers to go up. It's you want your mm-hmm. sales to go up. Like it doesn't matter if your yeah. followers go up. So yeah, totally. Instagram and it needs to come out with a way to block the buying, the likes and the followers. Like, why is this yeah. not a thing yet? I they I know they actively work on it. Yeah. Well, um, try hard. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first. Um, yeah. I also want to talk a little bit about the influence movement. So tell us how you started that, what it is and what's next for it. Yeah. Good old influence. Um, it was a total selfish move on my end. So when we started the agency, I was like, I want to get in with these influencers. Like, I want to meet them. I want I do want to be able to pitch my clients to them. I want them to come in and do all the fun things. But I need to get them in my back pocket. And I was like, perfect. I'll host an event and feed them all brunch and tell them all about Ekka's marketing and how much we love them and how much we want them. That was not the case. <laughs> uh, we started this event it evolved and I started falling in love with these different people in San Diego and I wanted them to speak and one of them one of them was Lauren Everett's Bostic and then also to uh Geraldine Radura who started Holy Matcha Jennifer Jaden who started Society Gal um Callie Chloe and Deco I'm gonna totally butcher your last name from something social all these women um and I was just like like I got on the phone with them and I'm like oh my god they're inspiring And I think too, when we started talking with them, I was like, wait a minute, like I'm a small business owner. I'm someone that's studying Instagram super harshly. I want to hear from them. And so we basically were like, okay, well, let's do a panel and we'll just make it free. And then we had our first event had over 5 million in exposure, Hmm. which was awesome. Kick ass. And then we went to LA and we did a little bit of a micro movement, um, but anyway, let me back up. The whole point of influences started again as kind of like this happy accident. And I kind of was like, listen, like no one's talking about influence right now. Like we have people talking about influencers and how to be an influencer, but no one's talking about the fact that we can talk to millions of people at one time. The fact that these women and these business owners have the ability to talk to millions and millions of people and impact them and make them convert into sales. And like, that's a huge social responsibility that no one's fucking talking about. So we kind of felt like this like mass, you know, and we were doing it too. We kind of felt like this mass responsibility. We were like, Hey, let's talk about business. Let's talk about influence. Let's talk about the fact that we're all in the digital space and it's impacting our businesses, but also let's talk about the fucking community. Like, what are you guys doing? Are you giving back? You know, when you go on social media, are you being honest? Are you showing them that, hey, mental health is actually being impacted by social media? Take a day to breathe. You know, like there's all these things that we wanted to kind of, and and I don't mean call out because, but I mean, talk about, we wanted to bring it awareness. awareness. Thank you. We wanted to bring it out. And so that's when we launched the podcast is because we're like, 
these conversations are great. There's so many people, you know, that we've had the opportunity to really get him, you know, actually like go to dinner with and talk with. I mean, I never thought I was going to be sitting with Krista Williams having a conversation with her. I mean, I love her. I've looked up to her for years. Same thing with Lauren, same thing with Erica Stolman. You know, all these women that I'm like, you know, they were like my like girl crushes and now I'm sitting here talking business with them and I'm like, dude, this isn't hard, but people need to know that people are still people yeah. and that there is a social responsibility behind the mask of Instagram. So that's the influence movement. I love it. And so uh, you've done two events now. Two. You did two San Diego babies. and LA. Yeah. What's next for you? Oh, so I have like a couple ideas. Um, I love our podcast, but I, I still feel like my, our realm is somewhere in the event space. Like I just feel like events come very natural to us. Mm. Um, it's going to be in San Diego. So exciting. I, we kind of have this like idea where LA was a little bit of a push for us because we were, we were super new to LA. So breaking into this community was like, who the hell are you? <laughs> um, so we want to do it back in San Diego and I'm thinking it's, I don't know if it's going to be an event. I don't know if it's going to be a conference. I don't know if it's going to be a live recording or what it's going to be, but it will be awesome. And we're actually looking at venues right now. And it's, we kind of just decided since we had such a big year with the agency that we're like, we want the next influence movement event to just be very organic. And like when it falls into place, it's going to fall yeah. into place. And that's not me being lazy because trust me, I've tried to throw in like throw three <laughs> and Molly's like, calm the fuck down. Like you can't right now. Um, you but, just get it. Sometimes you just get ideas. You get excited. And like, I do this a lot, yeah. but I think that's just the creator in you as you just like spew out ideas and then you, you'll be like okay yeah no fucking can't do that like i'm too busy it's not gonna work <laughs> but that is just so natural oh it's right? so exciting to start a new project yeah always so i think we're you know i think also too like one of the things i was actually talking with geraldine radura from holy matcha and she's been such me and her have kind of grown through these last two years together like i started ekis and i think she had just opened holy matcha's doors maybe six to nine months before me. And so we, I feel like she's me and her have really just, she's been one of my friends I can come to and just like talk to about business and be very open and honest with and two different industries, but just somebody that's super inspiring. And, um, you know, she's doing such big things right now. And me and her were talking about influence and she's like, what are you doing? Like what's happening with that? And I was like, I don't know. Like, I still feel like there's like something there. And, um, there's a lot of different things that we have kind of in works with the nonprofit area that we're trying to break into. So some things, but again, we're taking our time with it. We want to run this agency first and then be able to do what we can with influence. So planning to um, influence movements, like what surprised you most about the process? Planning it, mm, planning an event. Um, I think how many things go into it. I think, you know, we just did a podcast launch party for one of my clients and, you know, in retrospect, it's so easy to plot everything out, you know, plan out all your deliverables, plan out your venue, plan out your schedule, do all these things. But at the end of the day, it takes so much time mm -hmm. in detail and, and something always goes wrong. Something always goes wrong. <laughs> Someone that's like supposed to show up never does. No. <laughs> or your balloons pop. Yes. Like yeah. It's raining. Especially whatever. with events, you have to rely on third parties. So like yeah. a caterer or things like this. And yeah. their, um, their work ethic is out of your control. Oh yeah. Like it's so hard. Oh, a hundred percent. And I think too, with like, I think the biggest thing is that my thing was always like the budget. Like I'm very like super high detail. I'm, I'm actually not even a type A personality, but when it comes to my events, I'm super detail oriented. Like I want to be proud that my name's on it. And so for me, it was always like, well, how many vendors do we have in the goodie bag? Are there vendor? Are they vendors that I even like? Like, are they vendors where I'd be like, holy shit, this is good. Um, you know, where's my branding? I want an Instagram mobile moment every time you walk into the room and I want my name on it. So for me, it was, it's really that struggle between, Hey, look, you also have to make money at this at the end of the day. 
as much as get, you're getting exposure and branding and awareness, but you can't lose that sight and you need to be smart about it. So I think again, getting your head out of the clouds and coming down to reality and realizing too, like an event can be successful if you don't have all the things. An event, honestly, a good event is something where people remember your name. They have a moment and they have an experience. And that was something I actually learned with Red Bull. It's not necessarily about how overly branded you are. It's not about the goodie bags. It's not about the speaker. It's about the fact of the way that you made them feel and what they remembered at the end of the day. I think honestly, that is so important in just every aspect of life too, though. Like an interaction, like when you meet somebody, it doesn't like you go into a clothing store. And even when I was in retail, I remember this, like you want, I would rather somebody walk away feeling great than mm. to me have sold them something or to them. Like mm -hmm. it, it, it's, if you remember and have a positive experience and associate that with your interaction with somebody, it's so powerful. I completely agree. Totally. Um, okay. Well, is there anything else that you want to add? Um, just that I love you guys. I'm Aww. so excited that you're back down in San Diego. We're going to go get cauliflower wings at Tom Tom. And I can't <laughs> wait. I know. I tell you guys, and I think Amberly, I'm like, what the hell? Move down to LA, please. I love it's her time. too. She's so sweet. I know. I miss her. I know. I was trying to see if she was going to be here at the same time. Shocker girl. Yes. Exactly. Okay. She was, was she just here though? I think she's just coming. She's always here though. <laughs> I know. I was like, stop, like just move down here. I was like, if anything, move to San Diego. I was like, I feel like you'd like San Diego more than you'd like LA. Cause listen, LA is, let me put it this way. This is how I put it. LA is great. If you're not a native to California, if you're a native to California, you need to move to San Diego. Yeah. That's the way it is. I've never been to San Diego. Neither have I. I would love to go. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, really? Yeah. We'll come visit. Yeah. yeah. Please. <laughs> we'll come to the next influence movement. Oh, you guys will fall in love. But also come to Vancouver. Yeah. I know. I've actually been trying to get up there. Yeah, come I... visit us and Amberly. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> come on. Um, okay, well, let everybody know where they can find you, how they can follow, download the podcast, all that good stuff. Okay, so mainly download the podcast because we're still in our baby phase. Um, but it's called Under the Influence Podcast. There's actually two other podcasts by the same name, and we're all just kind of hanging out there. One's by CNN, so I can't necessarily <laughs> trademark it. It's fine. Um, but you can find me at under the uh, at no at the influence movement and movement is spelled M V N T and then also Ekis marketing and Ekis is pronounced like a wet kiss and it's spelled E C K I S. And then my personal Instagram is just Instagram. We'll link all this for you guys too. Yeah. Thank you so much for Thank being you. here. Thanks for the wine Thanks and for the knowledge. I really yeah. learned a lot sitting with you guys. <laughs> I'm feeling inspired right now. For real. So we were going off on like social. No, like, it's amazing. <laughs> like I love seeing you guys connect like that. Yeah. Oh, you're so cute. And Thanks, I'm not going to delete this or lose my laptop this yeah. time. We have to make sure. I feel like I need to like walk you guys no, to like, the I airport. Literally go, no, I'm, we're <laughs> going tomorrow. to the hotel just because I don't have Wi-Fi here and I'm uploading it to the cloud. Yeah. Yeah, it's right going away. up to the cloud and it's never coming down Put until it's on iTunes. On the cloud. <laughs> Do it. Um, thank you so much. And let's go get cauliflower wings, guys. Yeah, let's go to TomTom. Tom. Goodbye. Okay.